Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado. Olivia here with you today and we have a pretty big milestone for us to celebrate. It's actually our 100th episode of the podcast, which I think is not a bad effort for a team of ag analysts, if I do say so myself. So we decided to take a crack at the podcast back in March 2019 and have had a lot of great support from our listeners. So thank you for being a part of it with us all and being involved, for sending us messages and reviews, and most importantly, for sharing it around. It all counts to help us keep going and, and trying to make sure that we're sharing information that's actually helpful and, and relevant to you each week. We'd love if you could keep it up, send us your questions, or if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. While I'm on to thank yous, our sponsors are a big part of the podcast and Western Union Business Solutions have been there from the very start as one of our key partners. They're an agribusiness specialist that can optimise your cross-border and foreign exchange risk management, who will equip you with the solutions that you need to send, receive and manage your international payments. Thank you very much to Sally O'Keefe, Trent Osman and the rest of the Agri team at Western Union Business Solutions for your continued support and also contributing to uh, insights and currency for the Mercado analysts as well. Coming back to today's episode, now I've brought in Adrian Lubinsky, Robert Herman, and also David Myers for the occasion. So you might not have heard of Dave before, and he is the silent man behind the podcast to make sure that it gets up and going each week. He could also be known as Data Dave or DJ Dave, depending on what day of the week it is, because um, he does the very crucial job of managing our data sets and producing the podcast. So thanks everyone for, for joining me in here today. I'm actually pretty surprised that you all turned up given that uh, it's snowing in Ballarat and you're not out fr frolicking in the snow at the moment. Thanks Liv, it's great to be here and uh, it's great to have all you guys there. Um, I'll let you go, Dave. You have a bit of a chat and explain to people how come Ballarat gets this bum rap about being cold all the time. I'm not sure I understand that. Uh, well, right now I'm looking out the window and there's um, pretty chunky snowflakes falling. And, yeah, it reminds me of when I was a kid here growing up. We used to, uh, yeah, we'd be running out there, of course, when it was uh, snowing. I must say I've been very jealous with all the videos you're sending me seeing the snow when I'm sauntering up here in, in northern Queensland, but it's always good to see. Thanks very much for, for joining us on here today, Dave, for celebrating the 100th podcast milestone and, and being a part of it and helping this podcast get up and going each week. No worries. Thanks for having me. So um, I've been helping out with the podcast for a couple of months now, um, but I just thought I'd ask Rob uh, how it all started. Well, Dave, um, firstly, we're really pleased to have you helping out because you do the stuff that I've got no idea about. We really appreciate that. It's, it's a funny thing. On a Friday afternoon, I look forward to this because it's, uh, it's a great catch-up for all of us, but it's also part of the reason why we started this, and that is that, as Olivia mentioned, you know, Dave, you're, you're managing our data and, and data is fundamental in the background of Mercado. But as everybody who worked for Mercado ever knows, I've always said it's about the stories. We have to be able to talk about what it is we're seeing in the data. I remember he listening to the podcast, must have been back in March, of, before March of 2019. And I thought, now, here's people talking about things 
uh, that they can they can see. So they're looking at data, looking at graphs, looking at information, but they have to articulate it and talk about it. And that was something that I thought, well, let's let's see if we can do that. Because if we can do that, it means we're understanding better what we're, what we're seeing, what our data is. We're understanding it if we've got to explain it. And we're also thinking about talking about it in terms of, of, of what people want to hear. And uh, I've said, I've used this analogy before, but if you watch the ABC News on, on the weeknights and Alan Kohler comes on with a finance report, he puts up a chart or he puts up something, you know, that's, that's sometimes it's quite obscure and quite left field. But... Nobody worries about that too much because he tells them why they need to look at that. And that's what we need to do. And that was, part, I think, Dave, was the main reason why we started doing this. And, and of course, the other thing, I suppose, is, um, as, you've just, as I've just proved, once I start talking, I'd like to keep talking. Yeah, it's great. It's been fun being a part of it. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I guess, um, with technology these days, especially with uh, the pandemic and everyone being stuck at home, etc., and having staff in Queensland like Olivia, yeah, it's a great way to um, have a conversation that we can um, share with, with everyone. And, uh, yeah, on the technical side, we're just sitting here on Zoom having a chat. Um, so occasionally we have interruptions like happens on any internet chat. But, um, yeah, I think uh, overall it's been pretty good. Who was it? Was it Andrew Lindsay in WA talked to us once about the podcast and how they were going with it. Yeah, I think the idea might have stemmed from the guys over in WA that they were after something that they could listen to uh, while they were driving around the countryside that could um, you know, give them an update on what's going on in the market rather than um, sitting down to, to read the reports, just having something quick that could give them a, a refresh on what's been happening while they're you know on their way to clients' um, properties for visits. So. Yeah, that was one of the real starting points, I think, as well. And um, you're exactly right in that it's twofold and that it's good for us, but then hopefully we're also putting information out there in a, a medium that gets across to, to more people as well. I know, Dave, that we started a new one with um, uh, Adam Mountjoy from Nutrient started one today, and, uh, and, and I think that's fantastic. But it's interesting it makes you think we might have been ahead of the game a bit if we're doing number 100 and other people are just starting theirs off. Yeah, you're a trendsetter for sure, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good. Um, Well, we might um, actually get on to talking about markets for the episode today. We've done enough chit-chat so far and I actually did a bit of homework for a change. No, No winging it today. So I thought what we'd do is start off on looking at where the markets were back when we began the podcast back at episode one, which was March 2019, and talk through a bit about what some of the key changes that have happened since then um, and how they're going forward. So, Adrian, we better bring you into the conversation, I think, and can you give us a, a kick-off with cattle? Um, back when Mercado started up the, uh, the podcast, um, we were looking at an ecchi that was about 4.34 cents a kilo. <clears throat> Things were pretty dry also. Like, by March 19, we hit a low of 3.93. Drought was terrible in New South Wales. It was dry in Queensland. Um, and it wasn't until January when we started seeing a little bit of rain um, coming through that really put the markets on fire. And we got up to that 700 cent mark between the start of January and, and February. 
um, to around 900 cents, that last thrust downwards was driven by COVID. And it really was the nail in the coffin for a wool market that was um, cycling downwards and it just, it just pushed it to, um, to extreme lows. And we're sitting now at, at a price that's about 49% lower, nearly 50% lower than where it was when we started the podcast in March 2019. If I'm going to find a glass half full story here though, and that is that in the last three weeks, the market has improved 21%. I mean, that's been a huge move. It's probably one of the biggest moves it's ever had on the upwards. Admittedly, it's coming off a low pace, but it has got the indicator back over a thousand cents. We're seeing that uh, the dollars come right off. That's going to help the wool market. And, um, and we've got, of course, very low supplies of wool to come through. So over the period that we've been talking about um, on this podcast, on Commodity Conversations, most of my stories about wool have been um, sad stories, Liv. Um, and, and that really, I don't like that because, uh, as you know, you know, sheep and wool was something that's been part of my life forever. So... I think we're going to see, you know, a, a turbulent time, but in the medium to longer term, I think we're going to see wool bound out of this quite strongly. And the reason, and, and I'll give one reason for this, one factor, well, I'll give two. One is the low volumes, low sheep numbers and the low volume of wool, record low volumes. But the other one is that we know that wool is a discretionary spend. So when you have a, a pandemic like we've got now, Discretionary spends are the things that are impacted the most. Now that won't stay around forever, this pandemic. And when it does, consumer confidence does emerge, I think we'll see that there's a real demand from processes and from uh, manufacturers and from wholesalers and retailers for woolen products. And we'll see it take off again. Over the period we've been talking, it's been bad news, but I think the next 18 months for wool, we'll be talking more positives than negatives. Liv, that's my story. That's good. <laughs> good to hear. I'm glad we're, we're talking positively about wool, wool for the outlook going forward. And, and how about grain, though, Rob? What have we been looking at over the last 18 yes, months? Look, the gra- it's interesting. Grain markets back in um, 2019, we looked at the, the, the harvest price coming up then, which, you know, the harvest price was, harvest was going to be in December. Chicago futures were at $253 a tonne. Um, this year, they're at $283 a tonne. And in between that, we've had probably $100, $150 movements. So it's been a real rollercoaster ride for grain producers. Uh, the, the ASX contract was, um, was at $253 and is now at $298 or nearly $300. So it's been, it's, it's a pretty good story for grain. And of course, over that period, we've had areas that had terrible seasons. New South Wales was in terrible droughts and some farmers didn't have any crops. However, if you flip the coin to where we are now, we're coming into you know, what some farmers are calling a Desol 8, Desol 9 crop. It's just going to be fantastic for them to get uh, big yields, whether it's uh, canola, barley, wheat, um, pulses. Getting big yields at these sort of prices will mean that be able to make their farms, their businesses very resilient on the back of this. So that's great. Good luck to them. And uh, with an ounce of luck, we'll get two or three good years in a row. And and the demand for grain is likely to remain pretty strong. We've now got China, of course, we've been talking about this a little bit. We've got China, you know, just 
hoovering up huge amounts of soybean and corn um, particularly, but that's all draining excess supply out of the, um, the world market. And uh, it's going to be a pretty strong uh, period going forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions over the relationship between China and Australia, but at the rate that they're, they're soaking up agricultural commodities, uh, you have to think that we've got to be a strong part of that going forward. I think with China, Liv, it's worth saying that, um, you know, there's people wring their hands and say, oh, we, we rely on China too much. We need to remember that China really relies on Australia and, and those commodity export countries a lot as well. It's, um, it's a bit like, you know, it's almost a love-hate relationship that we can't do without each other. Yeah, no, I think you're right there, Rob. And what about the Aussie dollar? Where have we seen the movements there? So the Aussie dollar, um, back when we started the podcast, um, was around about that 70 cent mark. mark. Um, by March um, 2020, it um, dropped down to 57 cents US. Um, and we saw a high quite actually quite recently, uh, about 74 cents, which was actually getting everyone a little bit worried as we're wondering how high could this possibly go. Just over the last week, uh, we've seen a 3% drop, um, just has come out of the blue off the strength of um, the US dollar. Uh, and also some commentary also from, uh, from the RBA um, that they might consider some fairly extreme monetary policy uh, adjustments um, and, some lot, and some reduced rates um, in the near future, including possibly negative rates uh, in the medium term. So um, we've seen that drop down to only 70 cents just this week. Um, so that's looking really positive, I think, for, uh, for Australian exports. Um, that'll probably give us a bit of a boost um, going forward in the next couple of months if it stays there. Adrian, it's a good point in that um, I'm just looking now, the market has moved 73.7 uh, high and it's uh, and a low of 57. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a huge movement um, in that period of time. And it probably is a good time to reference back to our, um, our supporters, Western Union Business Solutions. You know, for people who have got currency exposure, the Australian dollar is, is very, very unpredictable. And, you know, you should be talking to Sally and their team at, uh, at Western Union if you've got some exposure in that area. Because the, this last move, I think in the last seven days, we've seen it move four cents, Adrian. You know, it, it, no one could predict that. It's been a perfect storm of both uh, what's happened in uh, on uh, U.S. markets uh, and a push towards the, the U.S. dollar again as a bit of a fight to safety and de-risking, um, and what's happened with the RBA. So um, it's all just compounded, really, Rob. Yep. No, it's a it's a good wrap and good sign for export markets, as you said, Adrian. Going going forward, that will buffer out a bit some of those high prices that we've seen. Thanks to everyone for, for joining in to celebrate our 100th podcast episode today. Thanks all guys for, for contributing and thanks to our listeners for all the support over this 100 episode period and hopefully we have another 100 to go. Thanks guys.